0: Hey everybody, this is Gene Troyer. I'm the lead pastor of Restore Church, and what a pleasure it is to welcome you to our podcast. It's my hope that you will be marked by love and encouraged in your faith and inspired to become all God has created you to be. Now I invite you to lean in and enjoy the podcast. Yesterday, uh, after uh, the wind of this week, I realized that we had a big limb that broke off one of our maple trees right in our front yard. And so the snow is by now in the yard about this deep, and the only tracks in the yard were the deer that had been making their way up to the bird feeder to rob the bird feeder of all its good food. And, uh, and so I saw that limb out there, and I thought, you know what, I'm just going to go try to get it out of my yard and off into the burn pile. And I'm I'm grabbing it, and it is. This is a big limb, and uh, and I'm I'm dragging it across the yard, and I'm slogging through that snow, trying to trying to make headway. And it reminded me, and it was an impressionable moment for me as I was thinking about this morning, and the topic of the morning, and the hard work that is required by relationships. And sometimes, it feels like you're slogging through deep, deep mud, or in this case, snow. It is not for the faint of heart, and that's what we've come to realize over the course of the last 32 years, is that in order for us to be successful in life, in order for our relationship to be successful, sometimes it means Grabbing the limb and dragging it through the snow and burning that sucker, right? Sometimes it means doing the hard work and getting rid of the brush, the underbrush. And that's what we're going to dig into a little bit this morning.
1: But just to clarify, it's not the other person. We're dragging around and putting on the burn pile, right? (laughs) No. Okay, just wanted to clarify. (laughs) Good
0: clarification there, right on. Keep the issue the issue. (laughs) All right. So Brendan and I get to meet with a lot of couples that um, that are uh, maybe not married yet. We're helping them get ready to be married. And uh, other times we're meeting with couples to kind of just help them work through some difficult spots in their marriages. And uh, recently... Uh, we had a conversation we're with not a young using couple. We're not using
1: names. We're not using names with a young just couple. Just in case anybody's nervous in here.
0: Uh, yeah, we are. We're calling them Fred and Sally. Well, right. I was thinking during worship, my mind was wandering, and I thought, why don't we just go with the Flintstone theme? We call them Fred and Fred Wilma. And Wilma. Yeah. Okay,
1: All we right. can do that.
0: Standard question when we're meeting with someone after not having met with them for a few weeks is, "So, has anything happened over the course of the last couple weeks?" that you'd like to talk about, that you need some help with. So if you're about to start with us, um, just know that's gonna be a question that we're asking. So did anything happen in the last couple weeks? And uh, ironically, we got this story when we asked that question.
1: So after Fred's last two night weekend with his buddies, um, Sally says to him, you know, maybe the next time we could just make it one night and not two.
0: Yeah, because Fred is just like very agreeable. He's like, sure, no problem. Yep, sounds good.
1: Like you meant it, right?
0: But then it's five months later. COVID has been here and still is here. They've been in quarantine sometimes, and he's like, I haven't seen my buddies from college for five months. Honey, I'm going to go on a two-night. I'm leaving Friday night, and I'll be back Sunday.
1: Uh, We agreed on one night. Right? (laughs) Remember? Remember, we agreed on one night. It's five months that I haven't seen my friends. We agreed on one night. Remember? What
0: are you, my mom or
1: something? Okay, so you can imagine what happened in this part of the story, (laughs) right? (laughs) Never
0: bring her her mom up. Right. right? So she
1: stops off to the living room, onto (laughs) the couch, and the stonewalling begins, and there is now a stalemate. You know? What I'm talking about? It definitely happened.
0: Yeah. So <laughs> when she started stonewalling, is that when the communication broke down?
1: Well, let's first define stonewalling. For those of you that are not familiar with it, you, you probably are. You just don't know what it's called. But the definition is refusing to communicate with another person. So it's this intentionally shutting down an argument. You might know it as the silent treatment. Anybody? Okay, don't raise your hand. Um, we know that this can be super hurtful and harmful to the relationship, so, so don't do it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well we've done this. We've stonewalled. Um, I have, and Brenda has, and uh Guilty. It is not a. Uh, it's not a good way forward. In fact, you're going to oh. stall if you do this. So, how do we open the channels of communication? This is a. This is a big, big deal for right. relationships.
1: Because most likely, especially in a marriage relationship, you're going to come from two really, really different styles of communicating. Now, at work, in our families, you might have um, different styles there as well. And these different styles. Um, well, they just cause a lot of conflict and misunderstanding and fill in the blank.
0: Yeah, for sure. So, <clears throat> sometimes we think of these scenarios as, okay, well, let's just manage it and let's just kind of uh, make it go away. We'll pretend it didn't happen and we'll just keep going on our own merry way.
1: So that feels like managing.
0: It, it's managing and it's not resolving. Right, resolving. Right. So what we're, we're wanting to do this morning is get some tools for actually resolving instead of just managing,
1: right? Because how do we um, how do we both feel loved and valued in the process, um, seen and heard? Yeah, but when it's you're important. in the
0: middle of this sort of a, a relational, uh, when you're stonewalling. Mm-hmm. Most of the time you're not, you're thinking about like you've gone inside yourself and you're inspecting yourself. You're not worried about the other person as much as you are about yourself. Here's how I feel. This is why I don't want to talk to you anymore because I've said everything I'm going to say and you still don't get it.
1: That wasn't about me, right?
0: It felt personal, didn't it?
1: (laughs) (laughs) It did. Because what if we
0: can't go there anymore? Because if you're at that point, I don't want to talk about it anymore. If you're at
1: that point, and especially like if the pain is just too deep. Like, it's just too hard to go there. Uh, there are times when there's uh, betrayal, where there's abuse. Um, sometimes it's just, uh, yeah, it's too hard to just go there. Right. And even places. sometimes
0: there's mental a mental illness that, that impedes any progress you can make. And that's where, right. you know, do what you need to do. Like, in those circumstances, we'll hand people off and like, you need more than what we can offer, right? right. Because we do this thing called Symbus, Saving Your Marriage Before It Starts. That's an acronym for, uh, for, for saving your marriage before it starts. And it's a program where we, uh, we work with couples uh, before marriage and during marriage. And, uh, and it's interesting how uh, in-depth just basic conversations can, right. can be and right. how helpful they can be.
1: right. But the important part to think as we talk about the whole mental health thing is that sometimes there are things in that, like things that you need to do to take care of that piece before you can really make progress. So that may mean medication. That may mean therapy. That means then the other person being super patient with that person's process as well. And uh, sometimes that has to happen before progress can be made.
0: That's right. So we're stonewalling. And if we stop right here, if we stop with stonewalling and we don't resolve the issue beyond this, uh, we will be in perpetual. If you're in a relationship, you'll be in perpetual chaos and, and, and difficulty. This is, this is not the place where you want to start. So let's, uh, if you would, turn in, your scripture, in the scriptures to, uh, it'll be on the screen as well, to Philippians chapter 2. Uh, last week I talked about uh, Paul's writing to the ancient Greek city of uh, Ephesus. Today he is writing to uh, the Philippians in the uh, Greek city of Philippi. Now if you read the backstory story a little bit, Paul is, um, Paul is quite pleased with what is happening. They are generally for each other in this church in Philippi. But there were areas where they weren't unified. Uh, There was division. There was misalignment. And so here he is in in these uh, chapters. He is uh, addressing the community. But guess what? The community is made up of personal relationships. And so if the personal relationships, if the one-on-one relationships aren't being taken care of, if they aren't thriving, if they aren't aren't, uh, lined up, if they are constantly in division and disunity, it is going to be that way for the congregation as a whole. So, uh, picking up, uh, pick it up in uh, chapter 2, verse 2. Paul says, Make me truly happy. By agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. In another translation, it says, make my joy complete. Make my joy complete. This whole whole, uh, book is filled with um, encouragement to be joyful, experience joy. Paul's writing this in prison. He is, he is not necessarily in a place where he might feel joyful. But in the middle of all of that, he's, he's asking these Philippians to, to work together, be joyful, make his joy complete. Now, like-mindedness, just a note, is not at the expense of truth. Let's all agree on the same thing. But it's not true? That's a waste of your time. Make sure you're agreeing on what is right and good and true. Uh, in, chapter, or in verse 3, then, he says, Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others as better than yourselves. Humility was not held in high regard among the culture of that day. Much like humility is not held in high regard, generally speaking, in our culture today. And so this is a hallmark of, Should be, should be a hallmark of those of us that say we follow Jesus. Verse 4, he says, don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. And let me just point out that not all translations say don't look out only for your own interests. But this one does, the New Living Translation, and I think it's significant that it says not only but also is what he's saying. Not only, but also. Sometimes we think that, well, I'm following Jesus, and so that means that I can't have my own opinion, and I can't have my own interests, and it, I can't function in certain ways because that would be paying too much attention to my own needs and wants. And I'm just, we're telling you this morning that you have to take care of yourself also if you're going to be in relationship with other people. The key is doing so unselfishly, looking out for the good of the other. And uh, this is a posture that we as followers of Jesus should be very, very conscious of at all times, is how do we function in our own wants, needs, and interests at the same time doing so unselfishly so that we're also leaning into the other person and seeing things from their perspective.
1: Right, and he goes on um, in verses 3 to 8 to kind of give us a picture of that and how we should consider the example of Jesus. And, you know, he became human, vulnerable, obedient. He emptied himself of self and became a servant. So be it in a marriage relationship or like in this body that we call church or maybe in your work relationships, um, laying down our self and our rights um, should be a mindset. It should be a mindset of laying down ourself and our rights, not digging in our heels in that stubbornness and that defiance, but doing our part by putting the other first. Remember, for the good of the other. But friends, this is so hard. This is so hard. Because I'm right, but he thinks he is.
0: <laughs> this is never more true. And we're doing a, uh, I told some of the team this morning that uh, it's one thing for me to prep a message by myself, which I prefer. Um, it's another to have both of us working on it. Um, we're both firstborns, and um, that's why she thinks she's right. You know, it all—it it, kind of works that way. So, at the risk of giving a stock speech about uh, why living in humility, looking out for the other, uh, for the good of the other, is Christ-like and the preferred way, we're going to tell you that looking out for the other is Christ-like, and it's the preferred way.
1: So it's a stock answer.
0: It is. Yep. It is. But it's a, it's a good one.
1: It's a good one. You're right.
0: So if, if this is the goal, looking out for the good of the other, uh, what is the result of living this out? What happens when we look for the good in the other? Mm-hmm. What happens when we lay down our lives for the other? It is the most difficult way. It is... Um, it is in our doing this that we then see what is called in Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit. This is one of the results of, of living this way is then we see the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. So we will see joy. We will see love and peace and patience. We'll see kindness and goodness. All of those things start being manifested in our lives when we have the perspective That we must, that we will, if we decide we will, look out for the good of the other and consider the other opinion as well. So, uh, three ways, three ways that we think, three handles you can grab a hold of this morning, three things to remember. First one is, uh, for the love of history. And I think of this as, for the love of days past, right? Right? The days pass. This is where history is made. This is the experiences of our lives. And the experiences of our lives can either inform us in ways that propel us forward, that are positive, or the experiences of our lives, the history that we have lived, will serve to pull us down. They'll serve to uh, help us, that th- th- will serve to th- uh, create a, a mindset that is negative and, and damaging.
1: Right? There's lots of triggers um, that you'll discover in a relationship as we think about the past. And so we might find ourselves like uh, responding the way we learned growing up, right? So in your household, you might say, oh, yeah, we're loud. Or some be, be like, yeah, we just swept it under the rug. We don't really talk about much. So imagine when those two worlds collide.
0: Like, when we got married, my mom was never really the quiet person in the house. Like, she'd bang dishes in the mornings, and she you know, she was, she was at it, right? First thing in the morning. And the way we got woken up was, hey, Gene, it's time to get up. That's the way we were woken up in the morning, right? I get married to Brenda. I figure out real quickly. It's That's
1: too loud, too loud.
0: Yeah, you don't, like, go above a whisper yeah. in the morning. Yeah. And so it's like.
1: Yeah, gentle. Gentle is really good. Found really it out good. the hard way. Right, right, yeah. right. Um, you might also find yourself responding from past hurt, past pain, rejection, and maybe assuming that that's how things are going to be in this relationship. Mm-hmm. And then there's always this thing about expectations. Um, I've, I've coined that as a four-letter word. <laughs> um, it's a really true, difficult <laughs> one because, you know, it's just the way you always did it. It's the way you think things are going to be, and um, you might be aware you have them. You might not be aware that you have them, but they are a real, real thing, and it's one thing that we try really hard to help couples with is, like, what, is, what are your expectations, and even just stopping and thinking about it. And wherever you are right now in whatever relationship you're in, give it some thought because, um, like I said, we have them, we just might might not be aware of them until they're not met. And that's one thing that has gotten us sideways quite a few times.
0: Right, right. Uh, Second one, uh, for the love of trust. Now, if you're newly married or about to get married, think about where trust has been broken, maybe not with the person you're married to or about to get married to, but where has trust been broken in your life? And this again now go back to the expectations because your expectations are likely influenced by whether or not you've been in trusting relationships or if trust has been broken right. and and you that are uh, young are especially vulnerable to uh, if you don't have a long track record of relationship uh, you're especially vulnerable to this thing of trust and because uh, you want you have to over time, trust is established. Right. It doesn't usually happen in the short term. It's over time. And then, if you have a trusting relationship over time, you look back on that. Again, we're going back to history now. Mm-hmm. What's my history with trust?
1: Right. Right. And the thing with trust is that it takes a long time to rebuild. Yeah. It and it's broken. If it's broken, yeah. yes. And if, if it's something that is from your past that you have to heal from or if it's a current relationship where there's trust that's been broken, um, there's a process that you need a lot of patience with and obviously lots of opportunity for grace and forgiveness um, in those situations, even when it doesn't seem fair or deserved.
0: And that's so easy for us to stand up here and say, yeah, it's not fair and it's not deserved, but you must forgive and you must trust again. We're not saying, like, I mean, this is easy for us to say, um, but when trust has been broken, right, um, it
1: and is think, a
0: long road back, typically. Right.
1: And I think that even can happen, um, our experience has been more, like, not between us, but with other uh, relationships, whether it's in a job or mm-hmm. friendships, where um, maybe trust has been broken, and having to walk through that is, it's difficult, it is really difficult, mm-hmm. but also then uh, rewarding to be on the other side of it, right? And, and then when you have that muscle memory of um, being able to forgive, it, it, does, it does get easier.
0: So the last one here is for the love of learning. For the love of learning. And um, I think the thing here that we need to be mindful of is that we're on the same team. So we expect the best of each other. And, and in that process, we're learning how to communicate and uh, to give and take, to look out, again, for the good of the other. For the good of
1: the other, right. I think that's, the, that's one of the key things is always remembering that we're on the same team. Like when there's issues that we, we've talked about this before, keep the issue out here or the big tree branch, whatever your analogy was, keep that out here. And keep us looking at it together and not let it become between us. The thing
0: between us, right. 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 And sometimes you don't want to be on the same team.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: you got to give yourself space. Like, allow for that. Don't, don't try to go through the process too quickly. Like, if you're like, no, we just got to move on. we got to, we got to be good. You know, we're, we're going to, just going to fix this. It's likely that you're going to circle right back around at some point and again have to hit it head on because you didn't take care of it. The first time. Uh, James 1.19. This is, I love this passage, but James has a way of cutting right to the chase. And he says, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. If we follow that, if we are quick to listen and uh, keep our mouths shut most of the time and just listen, uh, we will learn a lot of things. And so for the love of learning, um, guys... Just between you and I, shut up and listen sometimes, right? Because this is <laughs> difficult, especially especially in a marriage relationship.
1: Right, right. We, we women, we have a lot of words. So there's that. But the whole quick to listen, slow to speak, I can be like, yeah, I got those. But then the, the angry part kind of gets me. So anyhow, but this quick to listen, listening to understand, not to respond. If you're the kind of person that is listening and thinking, okay, this is what I'm going to say. This is what you, I'm just ready. You haven't listened. You haven't listened. So listen to understand and without interruption and with your full attention. You can't be listening and looking at your phone or watching the game. All right. So girls, we got some timing issues there. I understand that. But also, well, don't lo- talk to us when we're I, watching the game. I just said that. I, I just, that's what I meant.
0: All right. Well, I just said it. Yeah. Okay. Just. That was just, a big game this afternoon. Did you guys remember? Well, yeah. Tonight, ladies, right. don't
1: wait till six o'clock tonight to start this <laughs> conversation. Uh, listen to the heart behind the words. If we intentionally listen to each other, sometimes we'll hear things like sadness. We'll hear Pain. We're here, anger, even if it's not coming out that way. So then we have this opportunity to, like, kind of ask some questions and some clarifying questions about what was behind it. Um, I know sometimes I've already said to you, like, what did you mean when you said this? And I've and I've already said, okay, can you can you say it a different way? Like, can you say that differently? Because I'm just having a hard time connecting the dots with what you're saying. And so it's just helpful if we can not like, well, I don't even know what you're talking about and and go on. Like, take the time. I mean, bottom line as I'm talking here, it's it's this idea of respect and care for each other, right? So if we can take that time and, and don't make assumptions. You know what Mama said about assuming, right? So we don't want to do that. We don't want to do that. And um, we want to help each other help each other. Um, I was thinking as uh, we were talking about this about... The one couple that we met with and she would just always wanna like just sit with him and process all of her stuff with him, right? Like these are all the things I'm struggling with. This is what's happening at work. And he wants to fix it, right? He wanted to fix it too. That
0: is what we do. I know that but is that's what guys do. Always is what we things. want. And one day I'm sitting at the counter at home and she's just like Doing this, and I'm like, Well, I know the answer to that problem. I can just fix it for you. And so I begin to give her the solution, to which she rather abruptly said,
1: I don't need you to fix it. <laughs> I know how to fix it. I just want you to feel sorry for me. It's a real thing.
0: It is. We just is. need the
1: process, we have to get it out.
0: Right. So this couple had a code though. I mean, they had had this like,
1: so then it's this thing of, okay, so do you understand that she does not want you to fix this? And he's like, but I like, what do I like? I can't just sit here. Like, what do I do when she's doing that? I can't just be quiet. So we kind of had this, uh, came up with this code and we were talking about how I don't know about you, but sometimes I need to just get it out. It's kind of like when you're sick and you need to vomit. And then you just feel better. And so sometimes that's what we do to our guys, right? Like, we just, ugh. And so what our, what our guys can do, what we help them to see is like, okay, you can just hold her hair back while she's over the toilet vomiting. <laughs> right? Okay, it worked for them. It worked for them. For him to understand like how he can help her. So so now the code, if they get into that situation, instead of saying, don't fix me, she can say, just hold my hair, babe.
0: <laughs> just hold my hair.
1: Just hold my hair. And it diffuses the situation a little bit, but also without, you know, saying, you know, getting into that accusing stuff. So sometimes you just need a code.
0: So we're still learning, and uh, this is, for the love of learning, and as we learn how to communicate, one of the things we watch out for is body language and tone. And so if you're, I can't, I, show them how to wag your finger, like how you do your thing with your head. No, it's not like that. Oh. It's I like, can't
1: do it on demand. <laughs> I don't
0: it's know how you do it. not that
1: bad. Oh, my goodness. Well, sort of. That's how you feel.
0: That's how I perceive what you do.
1: Well, you don't. Always Perception see me is everything. My eyes, so. Did you
0: just turn your back toward me? Yep. Okay. I did. So, I'll let you take that one because <laughs> y- you need to talk about emotions.
1: <laughs> well, okay. So here's the thing. So we've got emotions, right? We've got a lot of emotions. Men and
0: women both have emotions.
1: Oh right. Right. Um, uh, okay. I don't know how to say that differently. Um, we're more emotional. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's okay, so what I we're was hoping
0: you'd come to. Yep. We okay. agree on that.
1: So we're more expressive with our emotions, perhaps.
0: Maybe. You're more emotional.
1: Okay, and I'm not just talking about crying because you all know I can do that on a dime. But it's important to not like let your emotions get too much in the way of what's happening. So trying to like keep the emotion out of it and keep the facts and the truth front and center. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it's not like don't cry, or you should cry, but also then don't escalate, because emotions can go from zero to 60 in a couple different ways, and, for, and if it's anger, if it's like flying off the handle, um, that's not productive, unless, you know, both you and I would be like zero to 60, like, Let's yell this out, let's duke it out. It might work. But if you're like that and I'm not, it doesn't work at all.
0: No, and, and, and we're not recommending that you do that. Yeah, it's not the
1: best, but.
0: <laughs> we're not recommending you do that, but, uh, but sometimes, some couples, like I've heard, like some couples, and maybe that's you, like we're just getting each other's face and yell at yell each other for five minutes and then we're all done. Maybe I'm not convinced that that's the best way forward. But uh, you have to find how you what works for you to 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 work things out to help communicate with each other when you get stuck.
1: Right. So learning to learn again for the good of the other. So maybe some helpful questions for you if you're thinking, "Huh, I wonder." Um, maybe you could ask yourself how it is that you communicate, and if you don't know, maybe ask somebody close to you how you communicate. They will give you a, probably a helpful. Um, perspective on that. Um, And also, how do you best receive communication? So, how is it best for your close friend, your spouse, your boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, how is it best for them to communicate to you? So, you're learning how to give and how to take communication, because it's kind of a really big deal in marriage. It's where we probably spend the most of the time, conflict, well, yeah, and
0: helping people understand, I mean, we've needed this over the years, is, is helping um, people understand how the other person in the relationship best hears them. Because communica- if you don't have communication, like, this is, this is the thing that will derail you quicker than anything else, is if your communication is not healthy. Everybody has communication. It just depends on if it's healthy and good or if it is communication that is uh, serving to break down the relationship. So these are all, these are great tips, like uh, for the love of history, for the love of trust, and for the love of learning. Hopefully you can remember those as you, uh, as you uh, work in your own relationships. Uh, these are great tri- tips for us, but in reality, sometimes, sometimes we hand people off. We say, you need more than we can give you. And so don't hesitate. You know, counseling and therapy, this is uh, an important part of our own uh, relational and mental health. It's right. so significant for us as, um, as human beings to have people speak into our lives that can help course correct when we get off the, uh, off the trail.
1: Right. So we say, why do we bother? Right? Because it's hard work. It's really hard work when it's th- sometimes when it's so difficult. Um, Philippians 2, if we drop down to verse 14, and it's not going to be on the screen, but it basically says to live a cheerful life without division among yourselves. For then, even though you live in the midst of a brutal and perverse culture or world, you will appear among them as shining lights. You stand in a place of life to them, holding out to them, the word of life. So, getting along in your marriage, in church, at your work, with your friends—it's a big deal. Yeah. It's a big deal, and we've got to figure out how to get relationships right. If we, um, if we can't, like, live in this space of mutual submission, um, and living for the good of the other. It's, it's really going to be hard, I think, for us to be under the authority of Christ. I think uh, human relation and human relationships is one way that um, he's given us pra- a, a, an opportunity to practice well, and getting I would, that right.
0: Yeah, I would just say to that also that, that um, human relationships are a lot uh, easier, should I say, when we already live under the authority of Christ, when we are in relationship with our Creator, our relationship with His created beings mm-hmm. is a lot um, more doable. It's a lot more doable. For sure. So you want to go back to Sally and Fred?
1: Back to Sally and Fred. So they hit this place of stonewalling, um, and then we we met with them. That evening, and um, just kind of helped to kind of Well, this of was a couple days. It was a couple days Yeah, so days they later. had been in a
0: couple days where she was giving him the silent treatment. Right. Yeah. So we right. met with them.
1: So we met with them and kind of talked through some of it. And part of it is, like, if you don't know how to communicate with the person you're with, it's hard to hear them and to hear past, like, some of the things we talked about, but hearing past the words and what was really behind it. Um, so there was, there's a stalemate. And so we kind of went through the whole thing of history and trust and learning and kind of talked through why they each had their heels dug in because both of them did. Well, we sat down ways. with them
0: and it was, it was one of those like cut the tension with a knife, you know? Right. And we said, we asked the question, so did anything happen in the last couple of weeks that you'd like to talk about?
1: I think and this is what it was like. it was there was there was body well there were
0: there were looks and there was just yeah uh it was not resolved at that point in time
1: right but you know learning that she wasn't like she was maybe not heard at home so like the way she learned is like to just close up Mm -hmm. and and not fight back so that's why she resorted to the couch and for him Part of the, the frustration in all of it is that he was used to just spending time with friends all the time. So now he's got a serious dry spell. And for them to just kind of um, understand that about each other and, and kind of appreciate the other perspective yeah. a little bit, hard as it is.
0: So we're walking out of the restaurant. <laughs> and we're like, so you're going to the guys thing this weekend, right?
1: Well, it's this weekend that you were talking about? As <laughs> uh, so they didn't even turns have the same out, weekend in turns mind. Turns out
0: they didn't even have the same weekend in mind. Our whole conversation was irrelevant in terms of of actually what was going to happen. They had been fighting about something that was not even relevant to the upcoming weekends. But even though we had a good laugh about that, they now have some tools mm-hmm that they can use when it really does happen, right? <laughs> and and we hope. that's the, we hope so. We hope and that's so. the beauty yeah. of, of conversations like this. When you get a third party to take a look at your relationship, when, when you have someone else being able to speak into it that is removed from it, but can speak into it and bring life. Mm-hmm. So why do we do this hard work? Why do we do this hard work? Well, it is for the love God has called us to a life of love. We're in relationships and those relationships, if they're going to be successful, have to be, uh, have to be, uh, have a foundation of love. Have to have a f- we, can, we can live out of a place of chaos and disunity for only a short period of time. Uh, and even then, we're not truly living. Our foundation of love informs how we handle every situation that we're in. So we have to have the proper tools, tools like history, reflecting on days past. What have we learned? How can we show trust to each other again? And how do we look out for the good of the other? And we go back to Philippians chapter 2, and again, we want to just reiterate the significance that you have to take care of yourself but you also have to be aware and more interested in the other person than you are uh, in making sure they're successful than you are in, in looking out for your own success. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. Please rate and review us on Spotify and iTunes and join us again for next week's podcast. We love you and pray blessing and peace over you and your family.